Hello, refreshers, and welcome to the She Hit Refresh podcast, a podcast for women age 30 and up who want to break free from a life of routine and start a life of travel, specifically women who want to move abroad or travel the world long term. I'm your host, Seppi, rhymes with peppy, and I want to thank you all so much for your patience. We've kind of taken a hiatus from season three of the podcast, but you know what? We're back for the last four episodes. So thank you so much for listening. This season, I've been speaking to women in the travel industry who are making an impact and helping others live their best lives. We've been talking about everything from corporate runaway stories, remote work tips, grief, mental health, planning for retirement, solo female travel, moving abroad, building generational income, and much, much more. If you're new to the podcast, be sure to catch up on this season and the last two as well. And as many of you know, this podcast is actually an extension of our Facebook group of the same name, She Hit Refresh which you can join at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash she hit refresh. We have just about 7,000 members worldwide. So come join us and get even more information and inspiration on how you too can hit refresh. All right, so a little bit about this hiatus. I know quite a few of you had reached out to see when you could expect new episodes of the podcast. I had a few shifting priorities the past few months and just wasn't able to dedicate the time into creating new episodes. And I'll go more into detail with all of this when I connect with Annette, the co-founder here of She Hit Refresh. Uh, We're going to share what's been going on in both of our lives in an upcoming episode. I'm happy though to be back and I know you're going to love these last four episodes. And some good news is that we'll be starting season four in just a few months where I'll be interviewing members from the She Hit Refresh community. I know you guys love these personal refresh stories. And so if you've hit refresh and would like to share your story on the podcast, stay tuned because I'll be sharing the submission form in a few months. Question for you. Are you looking to move to Europe? If so, you need to check out my digital book, I'm Out of Here an American's ultimate visa guide to living in Europe. Now, don't be fooled by the name. This book is not just for U.S. citizens. This book really is relevant to anyone who is not European. And what is this book? Well, it's the ultimate guide for those who want to move to Europe but feel completely lost, frustrated, or stuck with their visa options. I did the research and went through 44 European countries and narrowed it down to the 16 easiest countries that you can move to that have viable visa options. You'll find info about each country, over 50 visa options, and details on 34 cities to relocate to. It's literally everything you need to know about finding the right visa and location in Europe for you to start your new life in. One that's feasible and the right fit for you. Get your copy today and start planning your exit strategy. You can purchase the digital book on our website at shehitrefresh.com. You'll see the book info on our homepage and also find a link to it in our show notes. Okay, so the moment you've all been waiting for. We have another insightful episode for you today. Rachel V. Hill is our guest and she is a trailblazing travelpreneur, speaker, and published author. She was named one of the 11 influential black women in travel you should know by Travel Noir. She runs a marketing agency, and with her MBA in marketing, she has merged her expertise in tech and digital marketing and passion for travel into a global brand. Rachel is passionate about helping new and veteran travel professionals up-level their marketing with high-ticket digital products and automated processes. Today, she's here to talk about moving and living abroad during the pandemic. This is a question that comes up a lot in the community. People want to know if they can move abroad, if they should move abroad, and how to move abroad during these unprecedented times. Rachel will cover all of this and more. And she'll even share with us about her own move abroad to Mexico in the midst of COVID. And in this episode, we'll also be taking questions that came from the She Hit Refresh community. I hope you enjoy this episode.
All right. So we will jump in. Hello, Rachel, and welcome to the She Hit Refresh podcast. Hello, and thank you so much for having me on the show as your guest. I'm super excited to be here. We are excited to have you. So how about you tell us a little bit about um, a little bit about yourself? I mean, I do love your story. I think it's so relevant for She Hit Refresh of retiring from your corporate from corporate America at 27, which is a little younger than our our community. But I know you're not 27 now. Um, but you, you know, left corporate America at 27. You launched a successful six-figure travel influencer brand that you ran for six years. Um, you're also an author. And you also help travel and tours and brands successfully launch products and services. So just want to hear kind of like where you are now in life, what's going on, and how you left the conventional world to start that life of travel. Yeah, so I always say that my life started with the trajectory that I think most of us are told, right? Like you go to school, you do really well in school, you go get your good job you meet your partner hopefully and then you like you know have 2.5 kids the the fence and and like the the whole nine right and so i was on that trajectory right i went to college i um after when i graduated i went to work for a fortune top 50 corporation um in it and doing marketing in it and I did really well. Um, you know, I was living in New York and then I got a chance to move to Philadelphia. I was traveling, you know, by the time I was 25, 26, I was making over six figures. And so in theory, I was living the life that most, you know, most of us aspire to have, or, you know, what, again, what society tells us we should strive for. And I had did all those things. I checked all the boxes and I still wasn't happy. In fact, I actually had a nervous breakdown one day after a really big corporate meeting. I just remember being overwhelmed and going to the bathroom and just like going to the the larger stall and leaning up against the wall and just sliding down the wall and crying and trying to muffle my cries, just thinking, I don't know how I will be able to do this for the next 30 years. I, I just couldn't see it for myself. And I just couldn't imagine feeling like that for, you know, for another 25, 30 years. Um, and so in that moment, I decided I either needed to get some help because I knew that having that sort of breakdown um, and nothing really happened was something I probably needed to explore. And I also was decided in that moment, I had to figure out something else. Um, and so I, let's fast forward. And I went um, to the doctor, I got diagnosed with anxiety disorder and depression. I was like, okay, definitely can't, you know, be in an environment where I'm going to have to battle, um, you know, battle my mental health in, in my survival. And I knew there was just a better way. Um, and so for almost, I would say nine months to a year, I mentally prepared myself um, to leave corporate. This is when I started diving into, you know, I've always been a traveler. And so I saw these travel blogs and people making a living and they're just traveling. And I wasn't sure how they were doing it, but I also knew that there wasn't anything they were doing that I couldn't figure out. Um, and I know that it's, and when I was, I was so young and dumb at the time, like, okay, I'll just quit and I'll figure it out and then I'll come back. And that was my plan, right? So I decided to leave my job. I, the original plan was to leave, to backpack through Southeast Asia, to get that out of my system, and then to relocate back to the States, get another job in a, in a company that I felt more in alignment with, and I was going to continue on. So as I started to travel, obviously my family and friends thought I was a nutcase, right? Because I had left this, you know, very comfortable life as, you know, living in the, the big city, great apartment, downtown, like all of these things, right, that I was attaining, but they couldn't understand why I give up security for whatever it is I was chasing. And so with that, I decided to start a travel blog called racheltravels.com, um, more so to kind of talk about my journey of traveling and um, be transparent and kind of like an open journal about me leaving and like centering back to myself. And then also I wanted to share my stories and my photos so I didn't have to keep repeating to my friends and my family and everyone who called me to check on me. And from there, my, my brand kind of blew up. And I would say it blew up 
very specifically in the African-American community, because at the time in 2014, there weren't very many Black Americans not traveling as extensively, um, and not saying that we weren't traveling, but Instagram was a new platform. So we didn't have a lot of representation of people traveling. And we definitely didn't have a lot of representation of Black women traveling solo. And we didn't have a lot of representation of Black women that were making six figures that decided to leave that comfortable life to do what I wanted. And so I think my story at the time was just really unique, where I just was like, F it, I'm done with all of it, I'll start over. And so that's what happened. So from 2014 until 2019, 2020-ish, before the world turns, um, I've traveled to over over 50 plus countries within that time, just from working with brands who wanted, you know, marketing expertise, um, who wanted to tap into these very niche markets like Latin travelers, Black American travelers, the LGBTQ community, as travel was starting to become more popular, again, because of social media and people being able to share not only images, but hashtags, locations, those sorts of things. So that's kind of how I got started. It was never... It was never me trying to do this. It was more so I need to get back to myself. I need to heal. I don't want to cry and be depressed and sad. And, you know, on Sundays or Monday mornings, trying to like pull myself out of bed just to, to do this every single day. So that is a little bit about how I got started. Um, and it's been an amazing journey, just being able to meet different people, being able to help other influencers like myself build solid brands, and then also help travel organizations and businesses also have insight into other type of travelers, right? I think for a very long time, it looked one way. And we know now that travel looks so different for a lot of us, right? Um, and our travel styles are really different. So that's, that's a little bit about me. I love it. Wow. What a journey you have been on. One, yes, I think a lot of people can relate to, um, you know, that trajectory trajectory of uh, chasing that American dream, living that American dream, like what society tells us success is, which can feel many times like an American nightmare, feeling that pressure, that anxiety, the depression, uh, the pressure of having to keep up and to keep moving up. Like I've definitely have felt that myself. I am a serial job hopper because um I'm just not fit for, for, to live in, you know, to live in the box like that. So I think a lot of people can identify with that and props to you for quitting and kind of like totally reinventing your life and going on this journey. You know, you said you didn't start everything with the end goal of creating a, a personal brand. Um, but that's just what happened. And I think it's so wonderful that now we have, as you mentioned, kind of more like niche travel groups or niche women, niche um, identities in travel, because there wasn't a lot of that. Also, with She Here Refresh, that's kind of where we sprung out is I saw the gap for women over 30 who wanted to move abroad. There was a lot of stuff for women straight out of college. There wasn't anything for kind of like a mature woman. And definitely I've seen with, you know, I'm half Latina, half Middle Eastern, definitely seen, you know, with black travel things, you know, exploding with so many incredible women on the map who are showing, you know, um, who are um, an icon for women who want to do that, who maybe he never saw um, representation for themselves, Latina women out there. So I just love that there is kind of a niche and a group and there's someone out there like you who's doing what you want to do which helps you really chase those dreams and not make you feel like you're crazy or um, that it's unattainable what you're thinking to do. So love the journey you've been on. I want to talk about, um, uh, you know, in She Hit Refresh, we talk a lot about moving abroad, but also we have so many members, especially before the pandemic, uh, that wanted to quit their job to travel indefinitely, kind of like how you did. And I'd love to hear, like, how did you prepare for life on the road? Because I'm not sure, because I know you said you went to Southeast Asia. Had you done a lot of travel before then? Did you know what you were doing? How did you prepare to kind of leave the conventional life and hit the road? Yeah, so I had um, traveled before um, through college, um, you know, studying abroad in college. Um, when I started working, my friends and my family, we would take these vacations and I would try to squeeze with my two weeks, try to finagle it, you know, with the holidays and, you know, trying to take a day here and there, try to stretch, you know, my two weeks to maybe three weeks, right? 
Um, and so I was traveling before, but like I said, it was very much trying to do as much as I can within two weeks, three weeks vacation time that we're given. And so that travel was very rigid and it was oftentimes like a tour, right? Something that we could just go on a tour. They have it all set up. We can do as much as we can and go home. And so I would say my travel style before going rogue, if you will, was very much like, okay, let's do a tour. Let's do kind of like the conventional thing. Um, to maximize our time. So when I decided to start backpacking, I knew that my travel style would change for many reasons, right? Um, I I wasn't going to have a job. So I knew there wasn't going to be reoccurring revenue coming in. So I came up with a financial plan, right? So uh, over this nine to 12 months that I made after I made that decision, I knew that I needed to save a certain amount of money in order to sustain me. So I wouldn't feel the stress of like, oh my gosh, I got to hurry up and find a job. So I definitely had a financial plan in place. Um, And if I could do it again, I probably would have maybe saved more or maybe asked my job to work remotely or take a sabbatical or something like that. Uh, It still worked out, but I would definitely save for it. If I had to give advice again, don't just quit to anyone listening, try to come up with a plan of action where you can ask to either work remotely or maybe even take a sabbatical if your, you know, your job allows that so you can at least test the waters. Um, So I did that. And then I also just started diving into a lot of books, a lot of blogs, a lot of articles on how people were also doing it. Right. Um, And so that's when I kind of learned about, again, this is 2014, people having these online businesses and selling information. That's what I kept hearing at the time was like selling information. I'm like, what does that mean? Um, And so I would say the way that I prepared was just doing research, research, research. And as much research as I was doing, even when I was coming up with like, I'm going to start in Bangkok and then I'm going to work my way around. I tried to prepare as much as possible by understanding other people's um, the other people, the way other people did it. I saw that people were house hacking or house sitting. And I thought that was cool, but I was like, I don't know if I want to stay in someone else's house. Like, I don't think that's going to be in alignment with me. And then I also saw hostels and I was like, I don't know. But then I started diving into like, okay, a hostel doesn't necessarily mean I have to share a room with eight people. I can get my own in-suite, right? So I can still have the community and meeting other solo travelers, but I can also still have my own space and privacy and those sorts of things. So I would say for me, and the best advice is to research as much as much as possible. And, and if you again, if you have the opportunity, take a month, if you can to see if you like a place or a destination, because I've also seen as well that people get somewhere or they, you know, feel like they have FOMO and they get somewhere and they realize that they don't like it, right? Or they didn't really understand the culture or understand how the plumbing works, right? Like if you go to certain places, you can't flush a toilet like you can at home, right? Or um, even something that I battle with, and I've been to over 70 plus countries, but systems and processes. Things don't always work as efficiently um, in certain places as they do others, right? So just coming to terms with those sorts of things. So again, my my greatest advice would be to research as much as possible, to come up with a financial plan that will allow you to be as comfortable as possible. And of course, defining what comfort looks like to you, defining what you want to experience, right? So one of the things I wanted to do was um, scuba dive in the Great Barrier Reef. And to do that is about three to four times more expensive there in Australia than it is in Southeast Asia. So even understanding like, what do you want to do in the grand scheme of things? things, What do you want to experience? And being able to like create some holistic plan of how you can do it. But at the end of the day, it you will only know once you do it, right? We can make all these plans. We can research as much as possible, but it's kind of like once you get there, then a lot of things can change. But I would say definitely come up with at least a plan of action to follow and go from there. Definitely. Yeah, that's great advice. That's definitely what I tell my refreshers too, is like come up with your strategy. A lot of times I'm, I'm coaching them or helping them with moving. So I'm like, get that exit strategy down before you go. I'm like you, I 
also quit my job and kind of moved on a whim. Um, and I don't suggest that to other people. I know myself, I know I'm, I'm a hustler. I know I'm going to figure out a way, but that doesn't work for everybody. And it can be quite stressful. So like you said, if you can go with your remote job, why not? If you can take a sabbatical, why not? Having that support in place makes the transition so much easier, whether you're, you're traveling um, long-term or whether you're moving abroad. I agree. I'm also a, a hustler, if you will. I will figure it out. And because I worked in IT and in tech, it was really easy for me to start creating things online. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But I totally wouldn't recommend if you don't have that type of personality. Um, if you don't like living on the edge like that, then <laughs> definitely uh, create a plan of action for sure. I agree. I love that. Living on the edge. Sometimes I love that. I like the unknown. Um, so let's talk about, because I want to talk, we got a lot to talk about here, but I want to talk about this last year, because today we're going to talk about moving and living abroad during the pandemic, which is a question that keeps coming up in the community. People want to know, like, can I do it? Should I do it? How do I do it? But I want to talk about you in this last year, because, you know, everyone's world changed. How did you spend this last year? So I've actually spent the last year living in Mexico. Um, I live on the coast of Mexico. And the way that I ended up here is I actually have to back up a little bit. So in 2019, in 2018, 2019, I was living in Johannesburg, South Africa. Um, it was one of the best times of my life, like one of my favorite places on the planet. And so I decided to actually come home around the the middle of the year because our summertime in the states is their winter and it gets really cold in Johannesburg I don't a lot of people don't know that but it gets freezing and so I decided to come home to be warm and to like hang out with my family and I just ended up staying home for a few more months I had some personal things that happened and at the end of I believe January is when we kind of like started hearing about all this stuff um, and at this point I was starting to get a little bit of cabin fever, you know, being at home with the parents, they're great. I love them so much, but I was like, uh, I'm kind of ready to get up out of here and like go back abroad, go back to South Africa or try something else. Um, but of course, when the world kind of locked down at the top of 2020, I felt a little bit stuck. Um, and so I still wanted to move abroad and I knew it was possible. Um, at the time, I believe there were only about eight or nine countries open to those with American passports. So that really, you know, felt sticky to me, especially, you know, someone who does like to live on the edge, who, you know, is open to going almost anywhere and, and experiencing anything, feeling like I'm trapped was really tough. But a friend, I have a few friends that live here in Mexico and they kind of reached out and said, hey, if you want to come, come, you can just come and hang out for a little bit. And at this point, I, I felt like I needed a break anyway. I was in, I'm in Florida. I don't have to say too much about that. Um, and so I just felt like I, I needed a little bit of a break. And so I went to Mexico to, to take this break, right? And I've been here ever since. That's just kind of like how it worked out. Um, and then the summer before, I had spent a few months in Mexico. So it's been about two and a half years almost, excuse me, one and a half, almost two years that I've been here. So it kind of ended up as a whim for me to be here. But I will say that I definitely prepared, right? So I understood that we were, that we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I also understood what the criteria was to move. Um, I understood... Um, I made it also very clear, like, what do I need to protect myself? How can I, you know, not be that person that's moving abroad and bringing all my germs and uh, all of my beliefs or whatever that looks like. And so I also made sure to um, understand what was going on in the world, understand what was going on politically, socially in Mexico, obviously, you know, from a, a travel perspective. And then, of course, asking my friends who were already here, how are things going? What do I need? So I, I took some time to do a little bit of research. Um, and then when, once I got here, um, I was able to settle in a little bit more. Fabulous. Um, so it is totally possible to move abroad during the pandemic, during COVID-19. Um, and Mexico seems to be a hot spot, specifically, I think, because you said it's one of the places that's open, especially to U.S. citizens and many citizens around the world. I know that our community uh, knows Hannah Dixon from um, Digital Nomad Kit. She's just relocated there. She used to be here in Europe. She just moved there quite recently for a while. And I know other friends of the community there. I know we have Nubia and Francis from Chronicles Abroad um, and Blacksit. They are there um, living the wonderful life. So those I'm are my friends. 
They oh, those your friends? The <laughs> they live down the street. I actually have uh, dinner plans with Nubia this evening. Oh my gosh. Well, you better tell her hi. I'm dying to meet her in person. I got to meet Francis in Boston a few right. years ago. So um, the oh, world is so um, tiny, right? It is small. As, as big small. as it is, it's so small. It's very small. Yeah, I'm hoping Mexico's on my to-do list. So I might be there later this year. So hopefully I can get to, to meet you in person if you're still there. For um, sure. This is great. So so some of the questions that are coming up. So you have established that it's totally possible to move overseas uh, during this pandemic. And in my community, I mean, I'm not into travel shaming. Like, I think we're adults. Like you said, you did your research. Um, a lot of people will travel same shame and say, this is not the time to move abroad. I'm just not of that mindset. If you have all the information and you're careful and countries are letting you in. I mean, I changed cities. It's not as dramatic as countries, but I moved from Madrid to Malaga, which a lot of people... Not a lot. I think there were people who didn't think it was a wise decision. But if you're safe, you're relocating, you're following the guidelines. I think it's totally possible and okay. So is if you know the question that comes up also is moving abroad right now a good idea? I think it depends. Depends on your situation. Depends where you want to go. Um, I think you have to take all the factors into account to see if it's a good idea for you because it may be that where you want to move is just going to be a better situation than where you are right now. Um, but I think you'd have to look at all the information like you said you did. I, I want to just add to that. I think this is something and this may be a bit controversial, but who cares what people think is the best decision for you, right? And I say that because I just look at the last seven or eight years of my life. And if I would have listened to society and my family and friends, I still would have been working in a job that made me miserable and all of these things, right? And because I decided to do what I thought was best for me, obviously informed, obviously well-researched, obviously with a plan of action, full of fear, you know, and I think one misconception is that when we move these to countries and cities and jobs, that there isn't a component of fear there or uncertainty or anxiety. It's all there and it's all very present. But at the end of the day, who cares, right? If, especially if you think it's going to change the trajectory of your life. I never in a million years thought that leaving my corporate job would allow me to travel to 70 plus countries, live all over the world, work with amazing brands, meet amazing people, all because of one decision I made and not to listen to what others say. And I've also found that a lot of times where people don't think it's wise or don't think it's smart are the people who have never done it. And so the, you also have to be really careful with who you share your plans with and who you trust um, with your ideas because sometimes just talking to people in that way could discourage you, right? It could discourage you from making a decision that can completely change your life. So again, it may be a little controversial, but it's all good. <laughs> like make the best decision for you. And I can guarantee you it'll shift everything in a way that you can't imagine. Totally, totally. I was just looking up a quote here that I saw yesterday. I'm in agreement of, um, of one, like it doesn't matter what other people think. That's why I said like, we're all adults in the community. Like you make your own decisions for you. Um, I'm not going to judge what other people do. And I would hope people don't judge me, but that's fine. What they think is what they think. I have to do what's best for me. But also I love the fact about getting advice from people. I was just reading. Uh, I follow a guy, Jesse Itzler on Instagram, a big fan of his. And he was just giving like three life lessons that he lives by. One of them is I don't take advice from people who haven't done what I want to do. So a lot of the people that you might be sharing your dreams with or these ideas with, they are people who are living a very conventional life. They're probably not the best people to give you advice on if you want to radically change your life and travel and move abroad. So find the people who are doing what you want to do, get their advice and see what, what they have to say. Um, and I know that a lot of uh, members in my community have had to put their plans on hold for moving abroad or traveling due to the pandemic. But I know there's some who still did it anyway. So props to them. I'm, I'm so proud of them for finding a way. But what do you think are some of the misconceptions people have about moving abroad during this pandemic? I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that you're, again, this might be a little controversial, but one of them is like, you're going to be spreading things and germs, which isn't necessarily true. I can say here in Mexico that the uh, safety measures are much more intense than they were, than they ever have been 
in the States when I've been there. Um, and so I can tell that at least here in Mexico, they are taking, like I said, better precautions. So the misconception is that you're being irresponsible by, you know, leaving one country and bringing your germs or whatever from there to here. Another misconception is probably around, you know, is it easy for me to make friends? Right. And I think, you know, and, and it's such a, it's totally understandable, right? People are moving to a whole nother country and they're like, where is my community? Um, you know, how do I find community? How do I find friends? Um, and now again, with social media, with Facebook, with all of these different platforms, it's very easy to at least tap in with people who, you know, with Facebook groups, you can say, I I've seen it here in Mexico. People are like, oh, hey, I'm I'm just moved here. Um, if someone would like to grab coffee or if there's a meetup or, you know, we have these WhatsApp groups. So it's really easy to make friends if you are proactive enough to, to get out there, right? I think another misconception is probably around housing, which I get it. But again, with services like Airbnb, again, with Facebook and all of these other platforms, it's really easy to find what you need. Um, and so I think that's probably the, the misconception is like around health, around housing, around community, and probably around getting started, right? Like, do I need a visa? Do I need this? How much money do I need? And all of that stuff really starts with a simple Google search, but I understand, you know, sometimes we get overwhelmed, but I would say just start with what do I need in order to get there? Like what process needs to happen for me to get from here to there? That's a great way to start. And then you can start from, okay, now that I know how to get there, what cities are more in alignment with what I want to experience, right? Whether you look at weather, I'm on the coast and it's really hot here and hot and humid. So if you don't like hot and humid weather, this is not the region for you. If you like more, you know, more seasons, then there's other places that you can look, right? So even understanding how you want to live, right? Understanding how much of a budget that you have per month is another thing to consider, right? So there is a lot to consider. And I think once you break down the little pieces, it'll be easier to navigate. But I would say those are definitely the misconceptions is like understanding how to get started, understanding community, understanding health, and also, like I said, accommodations that are comfortable and in alignment with, with what you're used to. Oh, great information. Great tips. I agree with all of those. I love the like the breaking it down technique to not overwhelm yourself. And you can definitely start making that strategy or that exit plan of like how to how to even get the ball rolling, how to get started. What should so for anyone who's thinking about moving abroad? So now they're like, okay, well, maybe I might move abroad now. I won't have to wait till everything is back to normal or whatever normal will be. How do you think the moving process, moving abroad process is different because of the pandemic? And it may, you may have already touched on it on some of the things you just mentioned, but is there anything that people need to be aware of um, before making, you know, the leap in the current state of the world? Yeah, I would say definitely just see what things have changed in the destination that you want to go to. Um, again, I have an American passport. And so there's still some limitations for me going to certain countries and or um, how long I would have to wait in order to start traveling, right? So I think that is probably the newest and most recent thing to be aware of is what you need to have in place in order to enter that country. Or if the country is even accepting people at the moment, right? Like there are still plenty of countries who are under lockdown, no one can get in or out. Um, but other than that, I say um, that is probably like the biggest change that I've seen. And it's something that even, you know, as an avid traveler that I have to like go back to the drawing board and figure out like, okay, who's accepting me? right now <laughs> and then what does it take for me to get there and you know again how comfortable will I be what I want to experience here um, and is, is it worth it for me right so again here in Mexico while we aren't a thousand percent open it's comfortable right there's still restaurants open um, there's a beach here that you can go hang out at the beach but then there's still other places where restaurants close at eight or they're still not open or they're only 50 percent capacity so 
understanding what's currently happening in that place will also help you make better decisions as well. Yes. Solid advice. That is great. I want to get, we had a lot of questions from the community. I let them know that I'm going to be talking to you about this topic. So a lot of questions came through. I'm going to hop to the first one here from Marla. She says, she's asking, are there any suggestions on how to adjust to different guidelines than what you might be used to in your home country? So maybe there there are more restrictions as you said, or maybe there's less restrictions in your um, home country. How can we adjust to those if we're moving abroad or traveling abroad? I think the best way to adjust is to understand Um, if, again, taking those extra 30 minutes to um, understand what the current policies are, if that looks like, you know, like, example, I met um, a man today at the coffee shop where he was telling me in order to go back to Chile, he has to quarantine for five days in a government sanctioned hotel. And then after those five days, he has to go home he can go back home for another 10 days. And then after those 15 days, he has to ask for permission, get some sort of special permission in order to go out and in in his town. And so understanding that information, I had no idea until he told me, but again, taking a few moments to understand what, um, what will happen once you get there will definitely help. So if you are not cool, with staying in a government facility, which I probably wouldn't be cool with that because I don't know what that would even look like or mean, right? So if you are okay with that, then that is an adjustment that you are okay with. If it's not something that you're okay with, then that this would be your opportunity to make a pivot and make a different decision about what you need to do. Great advice. And that leads me to my next question from Marla. She says, how do you find out the official resources in your new country that has those pandemic protocols? So I always like to start with the U.S. Embassy. Each country typically has a U.S. Embassy or consulate in that country. If And I'm speaking as an American citizen with American passport. So I typically start with the embassy and see what the embassy, the, the U.S. Embassy says about that country. They typically give you like a stoplight system, um, red, yellow, green about what they advise, right? So that is a good place to start. I will be honest, I don't always think that advisory is 100% accurate um, for many different reasons, but that is a good place for you to start at least to understand, um, again, what the restriction would be with you holding that particular passport. And then I will also go to that country's embassy and also see what they have to say about foreigners coming in and what is needed. Um, Typically, they'll tell you about the quarantining policies, if that is a thing, Um, you know, how often, like when you need to get your test, you know, how many days before or after. So I say that's probably like one of the best places to start is with official government sites. And then I would take it a bit further and get more personal insights, right? So joining these online communities and asking people who currently live there, what is the situation like? How are things going? Um, because even here in Mexico, there are certain regions that are much more open, like where I am now. And then there's other regions that are not. So even once you understand countrywide what is going on, and once you decide that you maybe want to target in on a few cities, then you can join communities from there and figure out um, what's happening in the field, right? Like on the ground, what what is happening, what's going on? How are people managing? How are they functioning? Um, are there restrictions? How are they managing the restrictions? Um, you know, those sorts of things. So I always like to start from the top and the bottom, and then that should give you enough information to make an informed decision about what works best for you. Great points, great topic, or great points uh, about uh, this topic. I That's totally true. It's the same in Spain, like each community, each region has uh, different restrictions or had different restrictions. So even uh, trying to figure out like where you can go, it just uh, really depends. You really have to kind of like niche down within each uh, region to see what the restrictions are there. And I did a lot of what you said, talking to people in groups and other regions to understand, you know, like, what do I need to do if I want to go here or if I want to go there within the country itself? So great advice. Marla has another question. Marla is hot with these questions. She says, how do you respond to others who don't agree with your safety measures. So maybe you want to wear a mask. Maybe you don't want to wear a mask. Maybe, you know, you want to hug, you want to elbow. Like, how do you respond to others who maybe have a different take than you? Um, again, I'm one of those people where I do what I want. 
And again, I get it. Everyone isn't there, but I can say through travel, it's made me much more confident in myself and my decisions. Um, and so, you know, people aren't going to agree with everything. No one, no decision that you ever make, people will 100% agree or 100% not agree, right? Um, and again, I would say as long as you are informed and as long as you are okay with the decisions that you're making um, and understanding the risks that come along with it and you've accepted it, then who cares, right? I'm also of the school of thought is if you don't like it, then don't look or don't engage or, you know, unfollow me or whatever that, whatever that is, right? Um, again, there, there will always be people who don't agree, but the people who don't agree probably haven't done the thing that you want to do. Um, and so that's something that you have to keep in mind. And it could even people be people that we love, right? It could be our family, it could be our friends. And of course, they're not saying it to discourage you. They're saying it because <clears throat> they believe that they're trying to help you and protect you. Um, but again, as long as you are being responsible and you understand the, the risk, because everything that we do is a risk. And as, as long as you accept that and you're doing the best that you can, then I think you should live life to the fullest. And honestly, I feel like one thing this pandemic has taught us is that, you know, we were living these great lives before and then that quickly everything turned, right? So I think if anything, this is the time to really do what you want. And obviously in a safe way, of course, it's a safe and responsible way. But I think the feeling of being limited, if anything, should stretch us enough to decide that I need to make the best decisions for me, right? Like this is not guaranteed for us um, at all. You know, we've seen how quickly lives have been lost. Um, and so if we only have so much time and we don't know when we're gonna check out of here, then why not just do what you wanna do? Safely and responsibly, of course. That is how I've, I've always looked at life. And again, by looking at life that way, I've lived such a full life um, just by kind of creating my own lane and doing the things that work best for me, whether people agree or not. Yes. And I think I would add to like, I know here in Spain, everyone's kind of, you know, there are restrictions. People have been, you know, masks are required everywhere publicly, but I know some people are comfortable eating indoors. Some people aren't. I am comfortable eating indoors, but I definitely have friends who aren't. So I just, you know, don't make a big deal about it. I'll eat outdoors with them. But then I have friends that I will eat indoors with. I have friends that I hug. I have friends who don't want to hug. So we just elbow. So just adaptable for me. It's I know what I'm comfortable with. And then with at least with my friend group, I adapt to um, those that I want to that I want to see. I adapt same, to what's, what's comfortable for them. Right. Yeah. Um, with strangers is a little different. I just kind of like if I see a place that looks like it is not complying with what I feel safe with. I I'm just not going to put myself in that situation. But, Absolutely. But, uh, and I've also started asking for permission, right? Like if I, you know, meet a stranger, like the the man I met today at the coffee shop, we were just chit-chatting. And, you know, when we, we, we spoke for a few hours and he asked me, you know, can I give you a hug? And so that was nice. Just, you know, I say in the old world, it might have been very natural for us to embrace like, oh, my gosh, it was so nice to meet you. Let's grab coffee again. But now, you know, under understanding that people do have different perspectives um, and different um, levels of risk adversity. Right. Then just asking for permission is also an easy way to um, to kind of maneuver through that. I also have friends who, you know, want you to wear a mask in their home. And for me, I don't necessarily want to do that. So I just have them meet me, you know, outside in a public place. Um, and so like you said, again, depending on how much you're willing to risk, then you can make adjustments based on your own, your own level of comfort, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Next question here. We have a few more questions. This is from Laura. So she says, um, how to deal with challenges on your own. So she's asking like, you know, if I move abroad, I worry that if the worst, you know, worst case scenario happens, I may not have the support I need to deal with the impact of the pandemic alone. I don't have a partner or family abroad, or she says in Spain where she wants to move. Uh, for my, for now, my plan is simply to wait until a higher percentage of the population in Spain is vaccinated but I'm not thrilled with that plan either. So how do you deal with challenges on your own when you're abroad, especially in terms of the pandemic? So I'm going to assume challenges probably means like from a health perspective, right? Um, that sounds like one of the challenges and I get it. I know that's something that has come up where, um, you know, people are like, how do I get 
good health care in this place. If I get sick, what will happen? Right. And one thing I can say about support is there are ways in order for you to have insurance that will send you home. So I actually have an, uh, an insurance, a travel insurance where if I was to get sick and they're not able to treat me in that country, they will airlift me home, like through, through my insurance. Now that is super duper extreme, but that is an option. So if you feel like you can't get home or you don't want to get treated in time there, then you can't get home. But I also think this is an opportunity again, to stretch yourself and create a new community to create friends, to create family. And even like, like you said, once, you know, most of the population decides if they decide to get vaccinated, things are still going to be different. And you still, I, I would say even before things change in the world, it will probably have been the same sentiment, right? Like how I don't have any friends here. I don't have any family here. How do I get support? Well, you have to create that that support, right? Like you can't transport your family and friends to Spain. I wish I could, you know, transport my family and friends in my pocket and wherever I go, you know, I would love for them to see and experience it. But since that is not possible, then I would say the next best thing to do is to create your own community and or get comfortable with making your own decisions, right? So that is something that I learned uh, traveling solo for so many years is I was used to a lot of different inputs, right? Like, what should I do? How would you handle this? And getting to a place where you are confident with making your own decisions, right? Where you um, find figure out how to make things work. Like we talked about being hustlers and being able to figure it out. I think this would be a great opportunity to stretch yourself, right? Um, I actually got really sick a few weeks ago. And while I had friends here, I was so ill. I didn't feel like having to message people and, you know, explain that I had this stomach virus and I needed soup. But I was able to get on Uber Eats and find soup and I didn't have to talk. It was a few buttons and boom, I was able to get what I needed in order to feel better. So those are like just small things that um, I can suggest if if I'm interpreting the question the right way is creating your own community and then also finding the things that will make you feel comfortable until you are able to kind of find and hone and create that community. Hopefully that answers the question. Yes, I agree. I'm going to add something here because I'm not sure the angle. I'll just add, you know, for instance, if the challenge was maybe she was in Spain when, you know, the lockdown happened and you can't leave your house, you're kind of isolated. I 100% agree with the community bit because the community is what really helped me. Um, you know, I have my dog, so I wasn't totally alone at home, but just having, you know, people here that I knew in Spain that were, you know, experiencing the same thing, being connected to them, asking questions, uh, sharing, you know, your own experience. So I think just having that community and with the online world, you can find your community, whatever your niche is. There are people out there, especially when you move to a new country, a lot of expat communities, I definitely encourage people to tap into, especially in the beginning, because um, you'll find people who understand your experience. And I think that helps you feel, um, you know, not alone. It helps you also, you know, find solutions to whatever issues and challenges that you're facing. Um, so the community, I think, is the number one thing to help you. Um, so you don't feel that you're alone if, if the worst case scenario happens. Yeah. And I will also say really quickly, I have some friends here that I met and we had a conversation about, oh, my gosh, if something happened to me, you know, would who here could message or get in contact with my my parents or my family. So even having one or two people and my neighbor is also this person to me where you exchange your emergency contact. If something were to happen to me as my neighbor, as my friend, could you step in and call my parents, right? And vice versa. So I think that's also something that you could do early on. It doesn't necessarily have to be your best friend that you make in that place. But again, if you happen to get cool with your with a neighbor, um, which I'm really close with my neighbor, then we're able to help each other out. If we happen to go out of town, water each other's plants, those sorts of things. So I think that is also something really easy um, that you can do. And most people are more than happy to be able to help you out in that way, right? So I think that's also something else if you feel like you wouldn't have anyone to, to help to report back um, to your parents or to your family and friends at home. 
Great, great information. Yes. All right. So we're coming up to the end here. I have one more question. This is from Henrietta. Um, and she's asking, I know you don't have kids, Rachel. I don't have kids, but she's asking, is it advisable to move to a new country with a toddler? So I will say, you're right. I don't have children, but where I am here in Mexico, there are so many families moving here with children, with little kids too. Um, actually, my neighbor, Mike, that I um, see riding a bike sometimes, he always has his baby with him. And she's like one and a half, almost two. And they moved here, I believe six months ago. And they are super duper happy. So I will say that it's definitely possible to move with a child. Um, also, again, it's about community because I've even seen some communities here where you know, families with children, especially, um, I would say maybe more so big kids between like six and 12, um, they are putting together football leagues and basketball leagues and soccer leagues and even like play date, um, you know, family days, right? Where everyone as a, a family comes out to the beach and the kids can play together. Um, there's even a young lady here who is helping children um, create content. So YouTube channels and DJing and podcasting and all of these things. So I think it's totally possible to move. Again, just understanding um, the climate, understanding what you need as a parent to be comfortable, to make sure your child is comfortable and understanding that there are people who will also be moving with children or, or who have children your age there and they're thriving and being okay. So again, I think if you just take the time and maybe tap in with some other parents in these Facebook communities or online communities and see how they're navigating um, raising a child in a foreign country, then I think that'll give you much better insights. But it's totally possible. I'm seeing it every single day. Fabulous. Thank you for that. Yes, I agree. Ch yeah. Tap into those local uh, Facebook groups uh, where, where expats are because they have moved. They can tell you what the situation is and what their experience was. Completely agree. All right, Rachel, I could talk to you for hours here. We got so much to talk about, but thank you so much for all of this incredible information. For anyone that wants to contact you, know more about you, where should we direct them to? So right now, my we discussed it earlier, my Instagram is currently hacked, but the best place to reach me is rachelvhill.com. That is my website. You can shoot me an email if you would like to connect. Y'all pray for me. Hopefully I get my account back pretty soon. If not, then Pinterest and LinkedIn are the other places to connect with me as well. Fabulous. Yeah. Crossing my fingers, putting out the good juju that the Instagram gets back in your hands. I will share all the links with everyone who's listening here in the show notes. So you guys can just click and find Rachel. Rachel, uh, it's been such a pleasure to have you on. Any last things you want to say uh, or share with the community before we sign off? I would just say that this, the times that we are in now is probably one of the best times to make your dreams happen. Um, and so if that dream looks like moving abroad, this is absolutely the time to do it, especially when we're not working in offices right now, or most of us aren't. Um, so I think this is a great time for you to at least test the waters. And I just want to be here to encourage you to do so and to stretch yourself a little bit more. Um, there will be fear, there will be anxiety, but you will get through it. I promise you. Um, it happens to the best of us. And the reward on the other side is so worth it. So I just say that as an encouragement, pull the trigger ladies and keep it going. Well, we will end it on that note. Rachel, thank you so much for sharing your insights, your knowledge, your experience and wisdom with us. It was such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for having me. What'd you think? I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to show us some love, please subscribe and share the podcast. We'd love it if you gave us a review and you can do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you're looking to move to Europe, don't forget to pick up my new book, I'm Out of Here, An American's Ultimate Visa Guide to Living in Europe. And you can find that on our site at shehitrefresh.com right there on the homepage. Also, if you're a woman age 30 and over who's looking to make a big change in your life through travel, please join our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash she hit refresh.